awesome, man. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Another Monday, another movie, and another new episode of the Cinema Movie Podcast. Happy Monday, moviegoers. Welcome to episode 224. I am Juan. That's Zach. Below us is Craig. How you guys doing? Did you guys have a good week? I did. How about you guys? No. You know, you know the Cowboys no. lost. There's, there's no reason to celebrate a, a clinched playoff berth spot. Uh, I don't like after going in the after a loss. Yeah, it's it's bittersweet, um, but uh, I don't know. Craig, what about you? Uh, the week was good. Weekend's been kind of rough. Good week. Uh, the weekend was the weekend was good for me. Uh, my social media blew up. Everything blew up around the around the podcast page because of some of the DC news that we'll get into. Uh, Avatar is completely just demolishing the box office. I think I saw where it's it's scheduled to earn a little over five hundred million dollars opening weekend. It's going to be the biggest mm. pandemic post pandemic opening uh, in history. So, well, um, since to, since twenty twenty, since the pandemic ended, right? Yeah, you said in history, so it makes it seem like it's a bigger deal than it is, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's still it's still slated to not break what they were expecting, though. Craig, you're just you're just hoping it doesn't make any money. I just think it's overhyped. Um, but one thing that is not overhyped was last week's episode. If you guys want to listen to last week's episode, go back and uh, search and find us wherever you listen to podcasts: Apple Podcast, uh, Google Podcast iTunes, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, and the Prescribed Films Network. Visit www.prescribedfilms.com, and you can find us there uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. At. Social media, we've been we've been praising it. Uh, find us and hit us up on the social media: facebook.com forward slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Instagram is all one word: the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Twitter is at cinnamon405. And the uh, Instagram is all one word. Um, so that's how that works. Um, yep. But like I said, the movie news has been kind of kind of hit and miss the past few weeks. But uh, DC is a mess right now. Dwayne Johnson unfollows Warner Brothers, unfollows Black Adam on all social media accounts. Uh, yeah, DC is kind of like a debacle right now. And one of the biggest movies of the year, Black Adam, financially was a bust. <clears throat> already on HBO Max. And yep. uh, oh, is it really? Yeah, it's already on yep. HBO Max. And there's a there's just beef and drama between The Rock and and DC. So I think everything is completely being reamped. Uh, Henry Cavill is no longer Superman. Um, they completely dropped Ezra Miller, uh, Gal Gadot, yep. Wonder Woman. Everything is scrapped. Uh, there's even I word. Th- 
I think Jason Momoa is not Aquaman anymore. I think he's going to do some other DC character. Holy shit. I've I've missed out on a lot of this then. I was just... So, so, you know, James Gunn and DC is completely reamped and cutting everything out. The only thing that is continuing is the Joker 2 and Robert Pattinson's The Batman. Suicide Squad, is that... That's done. done. That's done. done. They're not adding anything else to that? John Cena's Peacemaker is done. It's all over. Wow. Yeah, let me, um, we'll talk about it. Let me read this tweet that James Gunn posted today. Um, so and this is, and this is what he said verbatim. Exactly. So what, one of the things Peter and I, who is his, uh, his uh, producing partner, one of the things Peter and I were aware of when we took the job as heads of DC Studios was a certain minority of people online that could be, well, uproarious and unkind, to say the least. Our choices for the DCU are based upon what we believe is best for the story and best for the DC characters who have been around for nearly 85 years. Perhaps these choices are great, perhaps not, but they are made with sincere hearts and integrity and always with the story in mind. No one loves to be harassed or called names, but to be frank, we've been through significantly worse. Disrespectful outcry will never ever affect our actions. We were aware we were aware there would be a period of turbulence when we took this gig. And we know we would sometimes have to make a make difficult and not so obvious choices, especially in the wake of the fractious nature of what can what came before us. But this means little to us in comparison to our jobs as artists and custodians and helping to create a wide and wonderful future for the DC. So what do you think, Craig? You know, I think at this point, we're just basically erasing everything Zack Snyder has done. Just start over, get whole new actors and everything. And it's just, there were, I think all of us can agree, there are aspects of that that worked. I think we we all agree Henry Cavill was good as Superman. Gal Gadot was good as Wonder Woman. But it's just, you know, I, it, like he said in the post, I think either just cleaning house and just trying to start over. Yeah. Did um, you Did you read off, Zach, I'm sorry I was busy. Did you read off where Ben Affleck is going to direct some DC movies? No, I haven't. I, no, I just read what James Gunn posted on Twitter. I did. I did hear that that uh, Ben Affleck's trying to come back to DC. So he's he's going to be a director. He's not going to do any any movies, right? But yeah, go ahead, it it kind of makes sense that they're going to scrap it because if you tried to continuously add on to what Zack Snyder was doing, which was already a mess, there's going to be people who were upset with it. Whether yeah. it's you're not going in the direction Zack Snyder was going you're not going in a direction that we thought you were going to go or you should go by scrapping Mm -hmm. it and starting all over. They are truly allowed to start with their vision, which is a vision that's most likely molded by what Marvel was doing, which is something that has a plan where you're starting with storylines and then making something bigger, not big storyline, Little storyline, little storyline, big storyline, little storyline, medium storyline. You know, you're they, they probably have a big set plan and they're not just throwing everything in a wall and hoping it sticks. So, yeah. Um, well, and my thing, my go ahead, Greg. I was gonna say it is, it, it is sad that we're seeing Henry Cavill leave. I think he yeah. is truly, you know, one of the like he fits Superman. You know, yeah. and, and that sucks that he's having to step away or be forced away. 
Craig, you shared. He, lo- you he shared lost it. this and The Witcher like back to back. He'll be fine. You shared images of Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn over the weekend. Oh, I did. Um, yeah. It felt like you thought it was maybe a little negative. I I look at it as maybe like a positive, especially the way how I, I don't know you. I know you didn't like the Joker, but I thought that world that was created by Todd Phillips and that Joker that was created was a very very good Joker. Um. What did what did you think? Did you, do you guys think that that's negative, or did you like the way Lady Gaga looked? Like, yeah, I think the Joker was decent. I don't think it's comic book Joker. I think yeah. it's I think it's somebody with real world problems that kind of just maybe saw the Joker as a movie and was like, oh, I can do something like that. Like, it didn't feel like it fit in the DC universe, even though, like, you know, and- it's the names and everything. But the, I think that's what I like about it. It's, you know, it's very much like a, like you said, Craig, a real world Joker, kind of like a gritty taxi driver type situation where it's just, you know, society ter- made someone or turned someone into what the Joker is supposed to represent, which is just like utter just mental chaos. But that's, I don't know. I, I feel like with these kind of movies, you you don't want to cross that realm of you know they're, they're comics you don't want to mix it into a, like a real life you can you can make it seem like it's real life in their world i think it yeah. made it feel like it was real life in our world yeah did you guys see the uh oppenheimer trailer the new christopher nolan movie that's coming out this summer i did I watch did it today uh i watched it today because of you because you told me to and uh it looks it looks fine honestly uh, I wasn't blown away by it, but I think it's because maybe I wasn't in a theater watching it. Yeah. Um, I am interested in seeing how it ends up looking when it's all finished. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. All right. And on so, to the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Zach, you have some uh, interesting truth facts about Titanic. Go ahead and let us know. Yeah, so uh, top four things you didn't know. Uh, Gloria Stewart, who plays Old Rose, was only 86 when she uh, did this movie. Um, She was aged by makeup to play Rose at age 100. She did not find this a pleasant experience. She actually died in 2010 at the age of 100, ironically. Um, Reportedly, James Cameron spoke to and personally provided each of the extras at least 150 of them um, with names and backstories of Titanic passengers at $200 million. This, the movie cost more than the Titanic itself to make the cost of construction. The cost of the construction of the ship in 1910 to 1912 was about 1.5 million pounds, which is equivalent to 7.5 million at the time and about 120 to 150 million in 1997 dollars. And then the film was released on VHS in the U.S. on September the 1st, 1998, while it was still playing in theaters. The weekend after the VHS was released, it could still be – it could still – the theater – the movie could still be seen in about 447 theaters in North America. So. Let's get into some uh, recent watches. Zach, do you have anything you want to uh, recommend for anybody? Um, now it's been a slow week, honestly. I did go see Avatar: The Way of Water. You know, we talk about on the show the no, difference no, 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 between. 
don't don't get into Avatar. Take your headset off. I want to hear what his thoughts are. No, no, no. I I don't mind hearing his thoughts. <laughs> but how many how many stars would you give it? Uh, probably about a six point six and a half to seven. So too much to take in. Not it, enough story. I'll just I'll just say that I checked my checked my phone and it, I was only forty five minutes an hour into the movie and I still had two and a half hours more to go. So. You see, I'll just, that's all I'll say about a, it. Yeah, IMAX three, IMAX three D. It's it's fine. It's a classic. It's Zach. It's fine. If it feels three hours, I think I'm gonna wait for video. Yeah, it feels like a three hour movie. Um, well, since that, since that's all you really went and and, and checked out, uh, you know, there's not really much that I got to go out and check out. Um, I'm catching up on some uh. Just some Denzel movies. If I had anything to recommend, I would highly recommend uh, The Great Debaters was good and Titanic. I mean, you can see Titanic for free on Pluto um, and Causeway. Causeway. I don't know if I talked about it last week. Um, I think you started it, but you didn't finish it. Right, but it's it's on it's on uh, Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus. So I highly, highly recommend it. Go check it out. All right. What about you, Craig? Uh, I checked out Bullet Train. It's on Netflix. Did you like it? It's, it's I good. did. I enjoyed it. I thought um, the mixture of characters and everything in the movie really worked well for a train setting. Um, mm. I, I, I was actually upset that I didn't go see this one in theaters because I feel like it would have been a fun, fun movie to see and check out in theaters. Um, yeah, it was, it was funnier than I thought it was going to be. Yes, it was much funnier than I thought. Um, I checked. I'm still on my anime binge. Uh, I usually watch a few episodes a night, um, so I'm, I'm about 50 episodes into Dragon Ball Super, and uh, I'm enjoying it. It's a you know, normal, normal Dragon Ball Z, just fun, yelling, screaming, power upping, you know, the usual. Yep. Well, what about you, Ed? Any recent watches? Uh, <clears throat> not 100%. Really, no. Uh, I've actually been move playing. Your, move your mic down a little bit. Yeah, it's like it's close. You sound like Michael Myers. But no. So, but no. Nothing. Okay. No. All right. Top five James Cameron movies with the celebration of Avatar's release and with us talking about the 25th anniversary of Titanic. Honorable mentions. Anybody? No. Nothing. Uh, I'm just going to throw out the original Avatar and the Abyss for an honorable mention. Other than that, let's start off with number five. Five. Uh, Zach, do you want to start off with number five? Yeah, uh, number five, I actually forgot to mention for recent watches, um, just did a lot of like 
deep dive in Titanic stuff. And uh, number five is actually his documentary um, goes to the abyss that he did back in 2003. Um, basically him and uh, Bill, the extreme Paxton actually went back down to the Titanic um, wreck and kind of just went basically section by section of the ship and just kind of told stories and details and facts about the actual shipwreck and just like what, um, uh, different aspects of uh, the living quarters were so it was quite interesting it's only like a hour maybe hour and 10 minute documentary so uh, i recommend it so number five is ghost of the abyss is that documentary on the special features no i had to go you had to go out and buy it so what'd you do did you go out and buy it or did you go to the library no i got it right here bought it oh nice of course so um number five for me is going to be the original terminator from 1984 um it's sci-fi it's grungy it's kind of bad cgi sometimes or bad uh bad prosthetics um but this one actually feels more like a horror movie um so that's what i'm gonna go with number five uh edward what about you what's number five uh number five for me is the uh terminator original sorry terminator original 1984, Arnold Schwarzenegger coming in at a really, really cool role. Awesome jacket, you know. <laughs> but, he was the bad guy in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy on that, but yeah. Pretty Sarah cool Tana, uh <laughs> With the catchiest punchlines. Yeah. Craig, what are you? Number five? Uh, <clears throat> my number five is going to be uh, Aliens, 1986. Um, just a pretty cool sci-fi movie. Four. Zach, four for you. Uh, number four, uh, probably contradictory after what I just said about the new one, but number four is the original Avatar. Um, on this rewatch that I did about a week before seeing the new one, it it grows on me every time I watch it. I think the story is just basic and simple. Um, and I mean. Say what you will. I mean, James Cameron basically created a whole world <laughs> with these with these aliens. So uh, number four, number four is Avatar. Avatar. That's pretty high, Zach. Like I said, it contradicts what I said the lap for the new one. But I, I feel like the I feel like the original is probably a lot better. I haven't seen the second one, but that's how I feel. Um, yeah. Number four for me uh, is going to be True Lies. Uh, I talked about it a few weeks ago. Uh, when or maybe a month ago when we talked about Jamie Lee Curtis movies, but True Lies to me is very entertaining. Um, I wish it had a physical media Blu-ray release, but I think it's coming next year. Um, it's it's real. It's a real fun watch if you guys haven't seen it. It is a little girthy. I don't know what it is with James Cameron making his action and sci-fi movies like two and a half, three hours long. But uh, number four for me is True Lies. So Edward. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, number four, I'm going to go with Rambo First Blood. Uh, Stallone plays Rambo, basically going to Vietnam and all that to kind of expunge his record, uh, getting out Vietnam, prisoners of war, and yeah, uh, honestly, chaos ensues. <laughs> so, yeah, man, if y'all haven't checked that out... I, I'm not saying it's a great movie, but it definitely is worth a watch. Craig, number four. Uh, number four for me is going to be True Lies, 1994. I agree with Johnny. I think it's a 
you know, it's a, it's a solid film. Um, kind of shied away from what he had been playing up to that point. Um, uh, yeah, my number four. Three. Zach, number three. Uh, number three is uh, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. I mean, truly, probably one of the best action science fiction movies probably ever made. Um, I think, you know, the fact that uh, Cameron came back to this universe and made uh, Arnold a good guy and introduced us to uh, Robert Patrick's uh, T-8, T-1000 or whatever it is. Um, it's just a really, just a roller coaster of a film and just deserves at least one-time viewing maybe even multiple so uh, number three is terminator 2 number three for me we'll talk about it soon i believe but i think i'm gonna go with i think i'm gonna go with aliens the, the top three of these i could fluctuate um probably on any given day depending on how i feel but three for me is going to be aliens so number three for you ed Number three, I'm going to go ahead and follow in uh, Zach's footsteps. Terminator 2. Um, you know, the debut of uh, Edward Furlong. Yeah. Uh, Arnold as the good guy, mainly. Uh, coming in with the... Jacket. Bike, all that good stuff, again, still. But that, that, that accent from... Uh, Austrian accent and little punchlines here and there. That's all. Craig, number three for you. <clears throat> they're not punchlines. They're catchphrases. Hey, look. <laughs> he still punches people and then says lines. And... <laughs> Touche. Touche. Uh, number three for me is going to be, um, as much as I hate it, the original Avatar. I hate it. It's a terrible movie. But it's number three. No, it's, uh, you know, as much as I hate it, it is truly one of the, you know, it, it, he created his own unique world. He created his own unique kind of concept. Um, the, the, the visuals were stunning for its time. He pushed the, the envelope for 3D, trying to make something new and exciting for Hollywood. So um, I feel like he's done a lot for um, the industry. Um, so as much as shit as I give it, uh, it is still quite a good, uh, you know, it's a damn good movie. So that's my number three. Number two. Zach, number two for you. Uh, number two has already been mentioned. Uh, number two is Aliens, um, his follow-up to Ridley, Ridley Scott's Alien. Um, I thought it was incredibly smart just to say, you know what, we can't copy what Ridley Scott did because it was just a lightning in a bottle situation. So let's make this into a war action movie where, you know, it just seemed like, you know, these things come out of nowhere and they're just multiply and multiply and multiply until finally, you know, Ripley battles it, battles it down with the queen alien at the end of the movie. So, um, has a lot of fun moments. Um, it's very fast paced. I think the movie's like two and a half hours, but it goes so quick. Um, so number two is Aliens. Good bring up. Um, something about James Cameron just making the sequel better than the original. Number two for me, we're talking about it today, so I won't spend too much time on it. Number two for me is Titanic. Uh, Edward, number two for you. Number two for me is Avatar. Uh, honestly, <clears throat> if, if this was, say, six years ago, it would have been number one. 
but he did some things and all that to uh, <laughs> de-elevate that. So, yeah. Avatar, agree with what, a lot of what Craig said about Craig, it. number two for you? Yeah, he forced you to watch it eight times in theaters. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, number two for me is going to be... Craig, when you did when you when you did Avatar for number three, what release was that? Was that the theatrical, the three D release, the the release to outdo Endgame? What what version of it? Uh, probably the release to outdo Endgame because that takes some yeah. balls to sit yeah. there and be like, no movie's better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my number two is going to be um, Titanic. Um, again, uh, creating. A, uh, we'll get into it. I, I won't be here. Yeah, okay. Oh, oh yeah. That, well, that's true. No, no, go ahead, go, go ahead, Craig. Go ahead. Before, yeah, go ahead. Uh, before you get out of here, though, I'm going to ask you your star rating. But we'll mention you'll you'll say that right before you leave. Okay. Um. Uh. You know, he 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 takes what is a you know catastrophic catastrophic event in the history of humanity. Um, and creates a a film that not only um, kind of creates his own setting, but it shows the significance of what it was. Um, so uh, the music, the score, the actors, it's all, again, another James Cameron movie where I want to give it a ton of shit, but it's also quite a masterpiece. So, yeah. yeah. That's number my number two. One. One. Number one for you, Zach. Uh, number one, Titanic. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. Number one for me is going to be Terminator 2 Judgment Day. To this date, it is the this day. it is to me the greatest <laughs> sci-fi action movie ever made. It is uh besides The Godfather Part Two, it is almost a near perfect sequel. Um and it's just I don't think Number one is even watchable as when when number two came out. It's almost like yeah. Uh, yeah, you know the first one was cool and fun, but Terminator Two just blew it out of the water. And it was such a great movie that thirty thirty five years later they're still trying to top that one. And it, it'll and never never done. have it'll it'll no. never be done. That franchise is is dead after T two. So. Um, yeah, it, it's almost like he ruined his own franchise. Yeah, exactly. And but you know that's the only <laughs> one he, he that's the only one he really wanted to direct. So uh, yeah, with, he's with never came movie, back and directed any of the other ones. So that's why. With the movie being so good that it just can't get a follow up sequel since then, I think that has a lot to say about how great something is. So number one for me is Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Uh, you remember at, coming? At, you remember walking? At, you remember when we went and saw Terminator: Dark Fate, and we walked out of the theater? It was just like, okay, that wasn't that bad. I was like, no, it still sucks. Yeah. In retrospect, I think it was the Edward Furlong uh, in the movie. So Edward number one. Um, <laughs> aliens from nineteen Aliens from nineteen eighty six. I mean, you know, when you, you when you've got a sequel that's mentioned in other movies as one of, if not the best sequel in any movie. Watch your mouth. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying, like, this is a powerful movie. When you've got other movies mentioning you as one of the best sequels ever, uh, or the way to do a sequel for that matter, like the group, <clears throat> like the blueprint for it, you know, because Terminator 2 was five years later. So maybe this was just like, dude, this is how you do it. James you, didn't like, was like, you, didn't, you didn't like Alien 3? I got it both. Oh, Jesus I'm not Christ. saying. <laughs> But you know, nice. Aliens is up there. Craig, what's your number one? 
Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with Johnny. Uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Um, it's, 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 you know, when you think about top movies of all time, it's right there. Um, it truly is probably, if not the best sequel to any movie. Um, and it's, it's everything in that movie is is damn near perfect. So that's my number one. That's that's uh, that's pretty high praise. Uh, number one, uh, we all had a different number one. It's pretty good. Me and Craig kind of aligned on the same. Um, but today is the 25th anniversary of Titanic, with a release date of December 19th, 1997. Um, Google users have it at 94%. IMDb is at 7.9. Rotten Tomatoes is at 87%, while the Metascore reads 75%. Um, the box office, uh, the budget was $200 million, and it grossed right now. It's at a little over $2.2 billion, the box office. Um, a 17-year-old Aristocat falls in love with a kind but poor artist, aboard the luxurious, ill-fated RMS Titanic, uh, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet, Billy Zane, Kathy Bates, Gloria Stewart, Bill Paxton, um, written and directed by James Cameron. Um, you know, usually I go around and I ask everybody, when's the first time you've seen Titanic? Do you remember the first time and what was it like revisiting for the, the episode? Um but I think we've all seen Titanic multiple times. Uh, I think we can all pretty much guarantee that it's uh, the first time we watched it. Probably wasn't a fun first time watch. Um, but honestly, I want to get into how this is different and how this is probably. I'm almost wanting to say more than what I expected with this watch. I know, you know, last week we talked about Lord of the Rings, the two towers and how to me that rewatch felt three hours. Did mm -hmm. this rewatch for anybody really feel three hours to you guys or did, how fast did it go? Um, no, it, no, it, it, it zoomed by. I mean, I, you know, we'll get into some of the reasons why, but it did this. I mean, this is like three hours and, eight minutes long and it does not feel like that at all yeah i'll, I'll say this and then i'm gonna hop off um you know when when this movie first came out there weren't that many three hour long movies um and now <clears throat> it seems like every other movie is it's you know tinkering yeah. with 245 three hours um so i agree you know this one had had some pretty good pacing and it, it flew by craig star rating uh nine nine all right. So, later. Right, man. Happy birthday. Appreciate you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. 29. All right. See y'all. <laughs> uh, one of the things I can appreciate about Titanic, and I'll kind of argue with anybody, really, not meaning to sound like an ass or anything, but I enjoyed how he took a real life incident and he created his own love story around a real life incident. Well, not only that, but you've got to think about a lot of this. And a lot of this probably has even come out after. Some of it may have been out before. But a lot of the detail in this movie, and I, of course I know it's three plus hours, 
but a ton of the detail in this movie is incredible. You've got literal apparent real life happenings that actually went on. Yeah. In this movie, like say the band for that matter, guy throwing chairs off <clears throat> so it can act as, you know, little things to cling on to so you don't drown kind of you know and all that because he could have went the route of the movie uh a night to remember from i believe it's like the 50s yeah and or he could have went that route where he just kept everything from the actual events didn't add anything to it and it couldn't you know but like you don't even get that today in today's like cinema like he he took a just a real life event and created his own story around it yeah, and I, mean, like, I, I think I think that's what a lot of people forget when they watch Titanic. They're like, "Oh yeah, I don't, I don't want to watch some movie about you know." And that's fine because you're watching a movie about a real life event. But he's created his entire almost with, like with Avatar, he created his own little world around the Titanic and the the ghost ship and the sinking. And um, mm-hmm. it even starts well, like the way it starts off with Bill Paxton being, you know, them looking for the diamond. Is yeah, I think is a unique way to start the movie off because you have. I, I broke this up again. If you guys listen to us, I break every three-hour movie up in hour one, hour two, and hour three, and that's yep. how I. That's that's how I feel. You can either have a good three-hour movie to where you have a lot of plot plots, you know, beginnings and endings in each hour, or again, mm. I know you guys are pissed at me, but I'm 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 harping on on Lord of the Rings. Like last week with two towers, I didn't get that at all with hour one, hour two, and hour three. Um, but I mean, I got it this week with with Titanic. Um, so the thing, well, the thing yeah. that's so incredible is you're right, Ed. I mean, I'm kind of jumping back to that and kind of building off of it. Um, Cameron spent four years researching this event. Every, I mean, and if you listen to the the Blu-ray commentary with, um, it, it's very interesting about how he talks, you know, everything from the, the amount of detail that they put into this from the, what is the first class passenger rooms look like all the way down to actual, the silverware, the actual, that has the, um, engraving uh, or the, the, the white star, paper. the white, the white star symbol engraved onto the actual works and everything. So, I mean, it's just incredible. And, you can tell that he gets very interested and very passionate about this topic. I mean, don't get me wrong. The one thing I, and I know if, if we do a different episode, I'm going to give him a bunch of crap. I, I get that. But the one thing I truly, truly respect about James Cameron that I don't think you can take from anybody else and that almost no other, literally almost no other film director or, you know, anything like that goes and does is mm-hmm. uh, okay, Challenger Bismarck. That's the one where he goes to actually look at, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So don't get me wrong. How many how many directors, film directors, can you say that's done these two things? Been to one of the scenes of a movie that they've directed, and then not only that, but been to Challenger Deep. Yeah. How many? Like I understand yep. he does some different stuff. But how many film directors can you say that have done those two things or one well, of those two things? I mean, well, if, if, we're, if we're talking about a, a film director doing stuff based off of a true story, I can, I can probably name probably a handful that has actually went out and, and been to their 
site of where the actual events like, took place. And that's yeah. a short, and that's still a short list. You know what well, I mean? I mean, we're, we're I mean we're talking about film directors here. We're not talking about somebody who's created a Marvel universe or something like that. You know, um, I'm not harping on those kind of guys because, but at the at the end of the day, they're doing something that I can't do. No, for sure, yeah. for sure. Like, yeah. Um, well, I, I think he said. I think James Cameron has said on record that he. I think he's been to the actual shipwreck like thirty times. Like he's been down there okay. that many times. I thought to, like three or four, not thirty days. No, that's cool. no, he's he's that's cool. He's to put the time and effort not only just to, you know, tell the story of Titanic, but also just kind of let people know about the the history and the the artifacts and the the actual human tragedy of what this shipwreck was. You know, because I know that he actually did interviews with a lot of the survivors or at least survivor fa- survivors' families. You yeah. know, because literally, how do you get? that detailed with something that happened, you know, that far back in time, how do you yeah. get that detailed with it? Unless you have firsthand accounts, unless you have, you know, went to it and seen with your own eyes, or at least your camera equipment, you know, how it looks, how it was, you know, done and all that. Cause you can't so, like, replicate again, that easily. If you guys haven't seen Titanic, it's free on Pluto. Go check it out. It turns 25 today, this Monday, December 19th. Um, so spoiler alert, we're getting into details. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, the original shipwreck happened April 15th, 1912 um, with 2,240 2, passengers and crew. More than 1,500 lost their lives in the disaster. Um, but guys, I was talking about this with somebody over the, the past weekend. The ship that's down there has been down there for so long. It's almost faded away you know they don't they don't expect they, to last very much longer they said probably by the year 2030 it'll be gone that's insane. it's just that's a certain there's a certain type of rust that it's a bacteria <laughs> or like a, a metal eating bacteria that's just like eating the ship away basically so hour number be- one hour number one you have you know introducing bill paxton and the original story for for the for the diamond you get introdu- introduction to rose her 104 year old self her granddaughter, um, and then her telling the story of what what you don't know at the point, but her and Jack and the diamond. Um, mm-hmm. What do you guys think of taking that original story compared to where he could have just started with the shipwreck? I like it. I mean, I, it kind of it sets up it sets up kind of the whole idea of who Rose is. It you know they kind of you see that she's very, she brings all her pictures with her and her goldfish and all this and that she's lived a very, a, a very free life, which is very, by the end of this movie, you can understand why. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think the diamond is the MacGuffin of the movie. Cause by the time you actually get on the ship and start connecting with Rose and Jack, you just forget all, <laughs> forget that's even a thing until the last. You know, you, I, know, I know we're not, we don't usually make a, people MacGuffins, but you don't think Jack is the, the MacGuffin? No. No? No, I don't think Jack's the MacGuffin at all. I mean, you know. Because she's not after the heart of the diamond. Jack's no, but after... Bill... right, no, but, but Bill Paxton but, is. But, but I movie, mean, the movie's not about Bill Paxton. No, but th- that's why it's the MacGuffin. Like, you start off with this, but by the time you introduce all these characters and the actual event of what's going on, you forget that's even a thing until you know, after the sh- after the ship hits the iceberg and he's framed for stealing the diamond and whatever, and that doesn't even get brought back up until um, she's older and on the boat and throws it back in the sea. So, 
back in the sea. You know. Um, Our number one finishes up with, uh, you know, Jack going to dinner. Jack going to dinner. Um, yep. What, what do you guys think of Billy Zane in this movie? I know we don't talk a lot about Billy Zane. Uh, you know, he. I don't think anyone talks about Billy Zane, but yeah, nobody talks about Billy Zane anymore. But I think he is. I think he's a, a, a fun actor in some of the movies he has been in. But used to he used to be the most least favorite character or actor in this movie. Every time I used to rewatch it. But for some reason, watching it this time, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed his performance in the movie. Someone, someone had a really good analogy of Billy Zane's character, Cal. He loves Rose, but he's a man in 1912. And, you know, he's going to slap her. He's going to demand respect. Everything, everything that, you know, that put women down during that time. He's the symbolism of that, basically. What did you guys think of the scene where she is trying to jump off the end of the ship to, uh, and that's really the two, where the two meet. Would you think of uh, set that scene where it sets up a, it kind of sets up Jack looking like he's trying to rape her when they look at the boots yeah. and the, you know, all that good stuff, but it, it sets up pretty nicely to where their next encounter is, is over dinner. Yeah. I think that the, the introduction to these two characters, you know, there's always criticism about uh, Rose as a character. Like she's like, you know, just snobby little brat of aristocratic family and all this. But I mean, I think Cameron plays it smart when you pay attention to it. And the fact that there's a scene where she, right before that she, she's having dinner with her mom or just, you know, in the lounge and she looks over and she sees a girl that's kind of like, dressed up kind of dollish very formal very you know very ladylike and it, it's just a realization it hits her it's like oh my god that's me she that little girl is going to be me in the future and she doesn't want she doesn't want that lifestyle anymore or even the 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 scene where uh i think it's before church and this is going into late like a little mid hour too the mom is is tightening up her uh what is that called? Oh, her corset. Her yeah. corset. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, she kind of turns her around and says, Cal is our opportunity. I guess, I guess Rose and her family are well off, but not well off as like they would probably want to be. Yeah. And Cal, Cal is that open door to unlimited financial success. Yeah. So, so when you think about stuff like that going into the movie, it makes sense to why she was wanting to jump off the boat. This is her chance to get out. You know, she doesn't yeah. really want to marry this guy, but the pressure from her mom and the family and the money is just so overwhelming. Um, yeah. You don't really think of stuff like that when this movie was first presented to you 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it used to be in our opening monologue every single Monday, but it kind of got cut because of how short the monologue needed to be. But you get the, uh, I'm, I'm the king of the world in the first hour. Um, Jack wins his ticket in a game of poker, him and Fabricio, uh, and mm-hmm. they get on the, uh, they get on the ship. Um, the only person that's not pissed after a week, a week after they lost, they lost the game was the guy losing the, the poker game. <laughs> it's like, wow, that turned out very good for me. Was this, everybody's, <laughs> was this everybody's introduction to Leo in this movie? I, I think Ooh. so. Yeah. You, you say, no, I'm going to fucking call you a liar. I don't know. I mean, did you see Gilbert? Did you see Gilbert Grape before this? I saw Gilbert. I saw Gilbert Grape after this. 
Okay. So I the time the first time I ever saw Titanic, it was still on two VHSs. Yep. Yep. You know, and I mean, I don't remember if it was like ninety nine, two thousand one. It was in between that time because my little sister's mom had a copy of it and she loved it. And uh, every now and then, I don't. I, w- I was even going to tell you. I, I was even going to say maybe Romeo and Juliet, but I I scratched that. I didn't start watching more of Leo stuff until after Titanic, so I, I got yeah. introduced to him, and then I, you know, I didn't read it, but this movie won eleven out of fourteen Oscars. Um, yeah, even the lady who played one hundred and five year old Rose got nominated for an Oscar, but Leo, yep. this was the start of Leo getting left out for the Oscar. Snubs. <laughs> let me, so let me not. So it was nominated for Best Actress, Kate Winslet, which, you know, she still, she finally won an Oscar, I think, in 2006, I think. For the uh, reader, Best Supporting right? Actress, yeah. And Best Makeup. It won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Art Direction, Best Cinematography, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, Best Score, Best Song, Best Sound, Best Sound Effects, Editing, which that's not a category anymore, and then Best Visual Effects. I think the only so movie... The, it, Good. It's the technical. I think it's the technical aspect of what this movie was that won them all the awards. I think the only movie I might have seen that was Leo's before this might have been The Man in the Iron Mask. I don't know why I think that, but that's... Yeah. Hour number two, you get things kind of start getting... You know, things get worse between Rose and Cal. Things get mm-hmm. physical. Um They've already hit the iceberg, which is I thought was kind of interesting on this rewatch. That there's just that's like barely two hours into the movie. No, no, no. They hit the iceberg at like almost hour three, at like two fifty. No, no, dude. It's was still it in the first hour. In the first hour, the late first hour of the film is when they hit the iceberg. No, no, no. Right, right. It, it, but it's in hour two that they hit the iceberg. They hit the iceberg like an hour and an hour and forty minutes into the movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm. It's, I, I, I'm, when I'm talking the first hour, I'm talking about from the zero minute mark to the sixty minute mark. They don't right, hit the right, in, yeah. So they hit right. the iceberg in hour number two. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's interesting because you know this movie is, it's two films. It's ninety minutes of a love story and 90, 90 minutes of a disaster, uh, flick. And so I think I, I think James Cameron does like, goes so fast. Yeah, James James Cameron did a very good job of evening the scales of what should be in one section and what's the other. So did you guys hear like I don't know if it was an official Mythbusters episode, but did you guys hear the 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 myth of even if they were going even if the ship was going at normal speed, it still would have hit the iceberg because of how it, they went from a warm area of the ocean to the freezing cold Atlantic ocean mm-hmm. and then the fog was so dense and the fog was so thick that even if they were going at normal speed they still would have hit the iceberg because they couldn't have turned in, in time there there's there's a, a lot, lot of there's a lot of theories yeah there one are of the, one of the ther- one of the theories i've heard is actually if they ran right through the iceberg it would have just like sank one compartment and they would have been fine well then i mean you've got the insurance thing then you've got the radio not working part yeah, because apparently it was. Well, I mean, everything about the ship. Yeah. From, I mean, all, all the readings you can do from it all, about the ship from point A to point B, literally from the start of the build to the final sinking of the ship, everything was just rushed. Like you know. Yeah. Yep. 
I mean, if the thing about Titanic is, and you know, obviously it's because of this movie, you can just go down a rabbit hole of trying of researching this this topic. Um, I've heard things where, actually, one thing I do want to bring up is um, on the Blu-ray. This is the when it was re-released in 3D uh, Blu-ray. Um, there's a there's two there's two really good documentaries. One is Reflections on Titanic, and it's basically James Cameron, the cast and crew producers. They basically talk about the conception of the movie all the way to the re-release of the th the 3d re-release in 2012. And then the other one is Titanic, the final word with James Cameron. And it's him and a whole bunch of Titanic historians and Navy, not uh, Navy um, um, officers. And they actually deconstruct the entire sinking from the iceberg until it hits the bottom of the ocean how, and they how long, are, how long are those two documentaries uh the Re titanic reflection is i think an hour and like three minutes and uh the final word is actually a full length like hour and a half documentary and they they even talk about like the debris field when like when the ship finally went down and like how it actually hit the, the seabed and how it cracked and everything. It's 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 actually very, very interesting. So I highly recommend those two if you have the Blu-ray. Um but I mean it's just, you know, is there is there a character other than Rose and Jack, is there a character that you gravitate towards or you just like you catch on to every time you watch it or anything like that? Um I would probably have to say what's I let me get his name again, but um Molly Brown is obviously an interesting character. I know she's based off of an actual person on the ship, but yep. if I had to pick somebody, it would be Thomas Andrews, who yeah. is the—I believe he's the architect, right? Yes, the the one played the by guy, Victor Garber, right? The guy who played the, uh, yeah, the guy who played the architect. Um, Jonathan mm -hmm. Hyde, I think, is another actor who plays Bruce Ismay. He's is a real a, character. Yeah, real character who wanted the ship to make headlines, um, and I'll never forget that scene where I believe it's the captain who who says you're going to get your headlines now after they uh, hit the iceberg and they find out they that the sink the ship is going to sink in an hour. Yeah. Um, See, like my um, on this rewatch, the scene that really I gravitated to the most was uh, when Andrews uh, is walking like in by the grand staircase and she, he sees Rose. And he tells her that the ship will sink, like all this, everything is going to be at the bottom of the Atlantic within the next hour, two hours. And like the horror on his face of just like, oh my God, like half these people are going to die. It, it's, it's actually a very powerful moment. What do you guys think of uh, Billy Zane's comment when he says not the better half? <laughs> yeah. And then like she responds, you unimaginable bastard, <laughs> which is a great line. It's just, you know, you what do you think? Have, what, what do you guys have any pros or cons to this movie? Because I know there's like, this is one of those movies who gets praised for any and everything that you can. Maybe somebody who's on here who's not a big Titanic fan. What are most, what are, what are the, a lot of the negatives that you may not like about the movie? Probably the length. I mean, honestly, it would be a turnoff for a lot of people. Uh, some people, even the height, can go ahead and kill them on. Uh, wanting to watch a movie, you know, this is the best movie ever. Not even going to, never mind, forget it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But then, you know, 
Some people will go ahead and dissect it about why is it a love story about some two fake people who didn't even exist? Like, look, man, it's telling a story that's not just going to focus on the tragedy and the chaos of the demise of 1,500 people. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's kind of screwed up if you really want a movie about 1,500 people, you know, just out in the ocean drowning in freezing cold waters that you probably wouldn't want the last three seconds in, let alone literally yeah. drown to death. So go I mean, watch, go watch, uh, go know. watch that world trade center movie with Nicholas cage. If you want to watch something like that. Right. It's a mm. lot of stuff that if you focus on simply just the tragedy, then I think, then you know... I think the movie would feel like three hours long. Oh yeah. yeah. But I mean, well, uh, and I mean, a part of it, the, the attestament of this is the chemistry between Leo and Kate. I mean, they make those characters work, and you want them to succeed, and you want them to, you know, they end up well, doing I mean, you know, together, don't they? Yeah, Revolutionary Road. Well, I mean, you know, you you've got Leonardo DiCaprio with his charisma, and you know, all that trying to make it even bigger for that matter in Hollywood than he already just had. But you know, playing this. Poor, you know, guy who just won a chance to, you know, come onto this luxury steamship that is, you know, one of the forefathers of its time, technically, or foremothers, I guess. So, Um, so hour number two has a lot. You know, she goes downstairs, right? I think, uh, or that might be hour number one. She goes downstairs and drinks beer and has a good time. Oh, that's hour one, yeah, right. Um, But you know, hour number two has. The I'm flying scene where they're both standing at the top of the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like an hour and 20 minutes into it. Um, you have the drawing scene, obviously, where he's drawing her with the necklace. Um, but what mm-hmm. about after that? You have the chase scene where Mr. Lovejoy chases them throughout the entire ship, which is a very, very fun scene. Yeah. The score. Uh, I don't think a lot of people bring up the score of the music <laughs> in this movie. That's the one... I think that'd be that's my nitpick, and it's not even a bad nitpick. James Horner's score to this is so hauntingly beautiful that you don't even have to be watching Titanic. You could be looking at the real Titanic, and like that score pops into your head as you're looking at it. It's so irritating. I so think the... the music is irritating, or is it's just you don't. What, what, what do you mean? It, it's it's irritating by. It's associate it the the score is associated by the name Titanic. Like when you think of Titanic, you automatically think of the score. Well, I think the one thing that any and everybody can, you know, think about is probably one of the more annoying things that might well might annoy James Cameron is because, you know, putting all together all this score with his team, I'm sure he was proud of it. And I'm sure he's like, yeah, these songs are going to be huge. But uh, don't get me wrong. My Heart Will Go On is the one song yep. everybody knows. You cannot see Titanic and you still know that song. And you can be yep. like. That's that song from Titanic, isn't it? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Everybody knows it. Everybody. I mean, it, it. you know, you start playing the first five notes. Hey, you know, Celine Dion. Da, 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 well, and it well, I mean, propelled her a, career even more. A, yeah, that's not a bad thing. Well, no, no, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm saying it's a bad thing for the score because that overshadows by like 90% because nobody will not, I'm not saying nobody, but the, the 10% who does know the other songs of the score will be kind of an annoyance in annoyance because that's the one song that everybody knows, you know, it's kind of like your favorite band 
and nobody knows 90% of the great stuff that it's got behind it, but that one song, every, you know. Well, it, I think that's more of a, te- that's more of a testament to just Celine Dion. I mean, like, you know, when you, oh, scare, yeah. when you think of Celine Dion, when I think of Celine Dion, I think of that, that song from Titanic. So I was about to say, nobody else, like my heart will go on is the main <laughs> song that people think of. Like, I don't know another song of hers. <laughs> and I'm yeah. not trying to be funny or anything, but I don't, man. Hour number three sets up the ship sinking, uh, and then you pretty much have that one hour of havoc with the deaths and everybody trying yeah. to get on the lifeboats. Um, man, it's and then, and then that last final it, hour goes by super quick. Oh man, it's just, it just, and I think that that's one thing that James Cameron does a very good job about in this film is that there's there's a ticking time. No matter where you are in this film, it's like on the second day of the voyage or when after they have the, the I'm flying scene, Bill Paxton reminds them six hours to go before the wreck. And then when, when the water starts coming up on the deck, it just, it goes, it just flies. And then the, uh, they do a lot of incredible depressing, but horrific imagery or montages of like the old couple laying in bed while the water's floating up on them. That's a real, that was a real, those, that was a real couple. Um, or the uh, the captain going in, you know, the captain's deck with the water coming in, busting in. Yeah, there are conflicting. I mean, eyewitnesses accounts of what happened to the captain, but that I think consensual, like as a consensus, that's probably what happened to him. Um, the old couple in the bed. The the man was actually um, the owner of Macy's, Macy's department store. Um, she had the wife actually had a chance to get onto one of the lifeboats, but she wouldn't leave her husband and. You know, they went down to below deck and just, you know, played each other until they drowned, basically. One of the Dude. scenes that I think is so powerful is when the ship's starting to rise up and the dishes fall out of the cabinet. Just like, you know, it's just total inner chaos. But, you know, that point of, the, you, know you know, what's fun about that watching movies like this is all that is like uh, physically happening. Like they made yeah. they made the shipwreck re reimagined because of. You know, I don't think any of that was CGI. Um, maybe some some of it was, but even even them building an entire half a ship with its ass up yeah. in the air, all that was like remade. <laughs> it's I you mean, know, it's a combination of CGI, practical effects, and miniatures, and yeah. all of it blended together. It all looks still to this day. It still looks really good. Yep. Then you've got the the people on board because there was several different like. I mean, like you said, the owner of Macy's was on there. There were several yeah. different, like, big wigs. I'm talking big, big wigs of companies that were there that yeah. some of them gone down and died. Do you, mean, guys wish, do you guys wish that they would have made the third class? I mean, and I know this is a three-hour movie, but, you know, you know, reading back at some of the historical events, like, they really treated third class kind of like trash while the ship was sinking. Do you wish they would have made it look a little bit more darker towards third class, or do you think it was just well, enough time in the film? Well, and and kind of like you, Johnny, kind of doing some of the research that some historians have kind of came back and said that's not really true. I mean, they did lock some of the gates in order for the third class not to get out, but by the time all everything is going down, they are trying to get as many people off the boat as off the ship as they could, whether it be third class, second class, first class. They were just, you know. And that's the horrible thing is that those lifeboats, from what I understand, could hold about 60 people. And they were just like filling them up about half, not which even is, that. Which is a scene in the a film. 
I think Andrews points out like there's only ten people in one of the boats. Yeah. So, um, I'm surprised she wasn't nominated for best supporting, but Kathy Bates in this movie. Yeah, she's really good really, in this. Really, really fun watch. Um, watching it this time around. Um. So let's talk about one of the one of the most uh, you know once the ship goes down, um, you have the whole infamous door scene. Rose is on the yeah. door. Leo's in the water. Um, let's talk about cold. Let's talk about Jack's death. Jack Frost. Jack Frost. <laughs> yeah. Um, freeze. Now this is this is actually like what you're talking about earlier, Johnny. This was a MythBusters episode that they actually proved that both of them could have been <clears> on the door <throat> and and lived. They actually recreated the door with the actual wood that was on the ship. Oh my they god! They got two. They, yeah, they got two full-size men to actually lay on top of the 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 door, and they both floated. So yeah, they both could have survived. Uh, what do you? But what do you that aristocratic think? life, right? Um, and who's to say that you know he put her up there? And uh, what, what do you guys think? All this time later, all these all these years, and all these viewings later, this movie would anybody change the ending? Any any different? I mean, honestly, you you kind of can't change the ending for that matter. But as far as Jack and Rose's story, it is what it is. And that's kind of what makes it that extra pop right there, just because of the extra tragedy that may not have actually occurred. But, I mean, yeah. you've got to think – I think that stands, like, as kind of a testament or a memoir to all the, the ones who did lose loved ones truly on that. And that may not have gotten to go back and kind of pay their respects uh, at that place um, yeah. off the coast of Newfoundland. Um, but that that's really all it is, I think, is kind of his, his, his way of, you know, displaying this story that one was from one, the other was from the other. But when they came together and at the end of the tragedy, it was just human life on human life. Uh, essentially is what we all are, rich or poor, it doesn't matter. You know, well, you're, you're another life. That's it. Yeah, and like, I, James Cameron's pitch to the studio was Romeo and Juliet on Titanic. And it's exact, that's exactly what this is. So um, we need Leo. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so... Which, which if you what, guys honestly haven't, I want to plug it again, if you guys haven't checked out Romeo and Juliet, the 90s version with Leo, I, I, I recommend it. It's a fun watch. One of the things, and there's a lot of good setups in this movie because, like, when they, when going back to when J Jack and Rose first meet, he talks about you go in that water, you have about 10 minutes, maybe even less to live. And I think when Jack puts Rose on the door, you can, there's that, there's that scene where he kind of just looks and he, he knows, he knows that he's on a, he's on borrowed time and the top and the clock is ticking. And so I agree with you, Ed. I think it, it, it is a pop to make, you know, the, the, the sentiments cry and everything. But at the same time, I mean, it's sweet in the fact that Rose is able to live the life she wants because of Jack. You in, know, 2000, it made, in 2012, I got to go rewatch this movie in, in the IMAX. Oh, did you? And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, when that scene popped up, I was looking over and I mean, it's, it's funny to look at now, but like there were people, I don't know if this was the first time they'd seen it or if, you know, it's just, <clears> if they're one of those who just ugly cry at movies, but there were people all around me just 
They look like they had <laughs> just lost, yeah, they looked like they had just lost a loved one. It was so quiet in that theater; you could li- literally hear anything hit the floor. Um, yeah, but it it was a fun re-release. Um, and if anybody gets a chance to see this movie like on the biggest screen possible, highly recommend it. Um, yeah, I did get to see this in the theater when it was re-released in 3D. Um, I didn't, see, it was, I, I, I didn't see in 3D. I'm, I'm glad it, I didn't. It was a it was a good conversion. I thought it was a very good conversion for a, a 90s film. And actually, I read um, that they are going to be re-releasing this for the 25th anniversary in February. So you'll have another chance to go see it. Probably go see it again. Yep, it's coming out in February too. So, so um, what what about? Uh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say that the last known survivor actually who was two months old at the time of the wreck <clears throat> survived until 2009 at the age of 97 yeah which you know if you're, two, if you're if you're two months old i don't know how much of that you're gonna remember yeah. unless you just jack. hear from your parents or something so jack. you're gonna remember um, jack what about uh you know heading into the, the final scene of the film at least i'll say what i think happened and you guys can pitch off of it she throws the heart of the ocean back into the ocean. She goes back and she lays down. You know, then the camera fades to all of her pictures and memories. And then you see her walking up the, the Titanic staircase with everybody around her. And then she sees Jack. Yeah. What I, what I finally got from that so many years later was that... She, do you guys think she died in her sleep? Sure, too. She, she died in her sleep. And then, you know, that's her just going to Jack was her final resting place. I think that, but at the same time, the best point in her life, and I'm not saying that any of her, her family wasn't a great point in her life and a very valued, but I think it's more her kind of wondering, like, man, this is the guy that I fell in love with out of nowhere, and what could have happened? So just that final yeah. scene is him looking at the time, and then he turns around, and it's almost like it's about time you finally fucking show up. I wouldn't yeah. say it like that. Well, you know, but um, I mean, that, that's just what I yeah, get. Yeah, I know. That, like, she finally passed away, and she, she sees Jack, and she can finally live her afterlife. I, if you want to, however you want to say it. I, I, I agree. I think she dies at the end of the movie. It, it's a setup because you know, once again, um, Cameron's very good at writing these type of things. Where when they're in the water, he's about to die. He says, "You're going to die, an old old woman, in your warm bed." And I, you know, that's a that's a setup, and I think that pays it off at the end. Even even in the song, you know, it says, you know, go yeah. on and on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, favorite scene, Zach. We'll start with you. Um, I know it's probably cliche, but I mean, the the fa- the the how far Cameron and his team went to recreate the shipwreck, and actually when it breaks in half. That's always been such an iconic scene in this film. I mean, the fact that it's CGI, practical, miniature, and they all combine it to make it look like, wow, that was that's probably probably the probably the most horrific thing anyone has ever seen. Um, and and then the, the, and then the iceberg when they say iceberg right ahead, and it's just like the score takes off, and you think as a viewer. That they might be able to dodge it, but you know, just in that in that moment, uh, I would have to say the scene where Jack wins the tickets is going to yeah. be is going to be one for me. Another scene is where um, 
they are doing the whole uh it's like an hour and 20 minutes in and he's telling her that they're flying and they're at the top of the top of the ship um the bow yeah and then anything in that last hour is pretty memorable yeah. so edward what about you you have a favorite scene I'd say kind of when they walk into, I, th- I think you'd call it what the grand foyer or anything or whatever. But grand when you staircase. see the, yeah, when you see the kind of magnificence that it had, and I mean that old school luxury, just finesse, you know, um, mm-hmm. very beautiful scene. Um, another, I, an- yeah. Another scene that I, I recommend is the uh, when the dome busts open with water and then it's just like all hell is broke loose. And then there's that scene where it cuts to the hallway and the water's just like spouting out between the rooms and the doors being flown off the hinges. So your favorite character was probably the iceberg. Oh, well, he's a good villain. So, I mean, you know. Uh, or another scene that's yeah. funny is when he's teaching her how to spit. Yeah. <laughs> Let me let me ask you guys something. Uh, two questions. Um, do you think that this, you know, looking back twenty five years later today, do you think this movie deserves all the praise? Do you think it deserves the best picture title of ninety seven? Yes, yes, and yes. I mean, okay. it's, but yeah, yeah. The other nominees for best picture was as good as it gets, The Full Monty, Goodwill Hunting, and L.A. Confidential. I have L.A. Confidential and Goodwill Hunting. And how good those movies can be, I don't think it's. I think this is one of those rare occasions where this movie should have won, because it's just so memorable. Yeah, and there's a great. If you ever get a chance, go on YouTube and put uh, put in uh, Titanic SNL when Bill Paxton hosted <laughs> SNL. They did a bit about the end of the movie where um, they parodied it and uh, they beat up old Rose like, "Where's the diamond?" And they, it's 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 pretty damn funny. And why do you why do you think why do you guys think Leo hates this movie so much? Does he in really? interviews? Oh, dude! Like if you watch if you watch him in interviews, like when they bring up Titanic, he will not answer anything about it. Really? I, I have a theory, but I just want to hear what you guys think. I mean, honestly, like okay, so did this certain kind of negativity of his start at a certain point, <clears throat> like 2012 or something like that? You know, if, I, if I'm just answering the question, I would just say maybe because of how much he or the film got spoofed many years later. It's a little bit what Ed said and combination of what you said, Johnny, too. It's because I was trying after, you know, (laughs) he was trying to be, he was trying to become a serious actor and be, you know, taken serious. But this movie made him into a heartthrob in the nineties. And he, people just wouldn't take him seriously until, you know, Probably, probably he did a couple movies after that, but then when he started working with Scorsese on, on Gangs of New York, it said, "Oh, okay, so this guy can really—he's the real deal." But he's the one who signed up for the Man in the Iron Mask, so he did it to himself. Yeah, okay? I—I've never seen that, so I can't testify don't, to that. Yeah, go check it out. You got homework this week. Uh, star rating, and we'll start with you. Honestly, um, with all the research that gone into it and all the just different things that he put in detail wise i'm gonna have to say a nine zach yeah i agree uh it's still a nine i think this is still probably one of the top 10 movies of the 90s and i think it deserves its place in hollywood history so uh off degree but i'm gonna go one uh one above i'm gonna do a 10 i think with the score with the music with uh again it's three hours but it doesn't feel like three hours um, and then just with how memorable it is so many years later, 
Uh, I think it's one of those, and I'm sure, is it one of those movies, Zach, that's on the registration? On the registry? It, it, it made uh, the National Film Registry in 90, in 2017. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, um, there'll be a copy of it forever. So, which is good. So that that's that's what I would have to give it. Um, again, and, if and if, I think, if, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, I just think the job of a movie is to, even though if you haven't seen it in a while, is to make you relive all those emotions and make you like make you feel the way that you did the first time. I, on this rewatch, I think it still does that. You know, it's twenty five years old and it still makes you sad. It makes you happy. It makes you fearful. It makes you you know, exhilarated in some points. Um, I still think it's a, it's still a damn good movie, man. Yeah, so many years later, still makes you think, and uh, love it or hate it. Yep. So, those are our star ratings. If you guys want to share your star rating uh, with Titanic and let us know, um, just uh, use the hashtag "Let us know" on social media. Or email, comment, message, and uh, we will read emails next week during our year finale um, as we talk all about Denzel Washington next week. It is our uh, year finale. Uh, we started talking Denzel in January of 2022. Uh, we finalize and finish with Denzel next week, the day after Christmas, Monday, December 26th. As we talk our Denzel Washington top five plus five episode, it's our first top five plus five episode since April. Um, guys, you what was the last? What was the last one when we did? Was the last one when we did our top five top top five plus five of twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one? Yeah, yeah, damn, yeah. So uh, next week, guys, uh, the year ends with with Denzel. Uh, anybody excited or uh, you have uh, any thoughts on how this might go? I think it'll go I'm well like we've had. Yeah. I'm excited to hear everyone's list because Denzel, uh, you know, like we've said, he's a phenomenal actor and I'm just excited to see what things is what and what makes the top five and what's number one. Should be interesting. We'll have some emails. Uh, we'll have a girthy email bag next week. Um, we'll also have some uh, a fun top five plus five lists from uh, listeners as well. And uh, we'll have some, uh, maybe some special appearances, maybe from anybody else on the YouTube channel, or we might have also, uh, I do have a special announcement as far as sponsorship goes that I will let out of the bag next week. Um, but until that is guys, do you have anything else you want to put in the uh, final uh, nail in the coffin of the Titanic? It is not sinkable or it is unsink. It is not unsinkable. The movie's not unsinkable is not sinkable, but the ship is, unfortunately. Neither is the um, <laughs> It will go down and it you know you know when they bring up the uh uh the safe and it's the they, they find Jack's drawings. This is this is where the our episode's gonna go in the yeah. in the <laughs> in the uh safe. And so, you know what else you know what else would have survived that shipwreck and that would have been in that safe? A whopper. <laughs> a, a double whopper, double onion, double cheese, extra mayo. Whoa! You, you can take that one, man. That's the yeah. But, I, think, um, I, I think next week for for the Denzel episode, we should all have some BK with us. 
So funny. Uh, I mean, honestly, with the history of this film, with the history of the Titanic, you know, the, what whatever theory you, whatever theory or you know, uh, whatever your belief, basically about it, we all know that fifteen hundred lives were lost. So literally, it, it, it's more just I think a memento to those fifteen hundred lives lost, uh, whether known or not. So yeah. Well said. Yeah. Um, yeah, I. It was awesome talking about you talking about this movie with you guys on its actual 25th anniversary. It's honestly, it's hard to believe that this movie is 25 years old. To be completely honest with you guys, um, but you know, like I said, it's going to get re-released in February, and I'm sure it'll make another billion dollars at the box office. So um, you can hate James Cameron all you want, but hey, he can still make some damn good movies. So. And our thought, our hearts will go on and will continue to go next week as we talk Denzel Washington. Uh, should be fun. I can't wait. December 26th. Um, this episode, the Titanic episode, will not upload to audio until Friday, December the 23rd. So you can watch this episode on Imasawa Productions' YouTube channel, live or on demand right now, all the way up until... Friday, December the 23rd. Um, again, audio version of this Titanic episode will not upload tonight uh, for some technical difficulties. Um, the Titanic episode will upload Friday, December 23rd. Um, but, you know, that means next week, Denzel Washington, top five, top ten, I guess we can call it, top ten Denzel Washington movies. Um, we rank them next week right here on a new episode of the cinnamon movie podcast the day after christmas um so happy holidays happy festive merry christmas happy hanukkah uh kwanzaa whatever you celebrate just make sure it's happy and stay yeah. warm this week yeah. oh my god yeah thursday shorts and t-shirt weather buddy yeah. and don't forget that whopper right ed don't know man <laughs> <laughs> so all right guys. all right next week denzel have a good week, guys. Thank you.